0: Thank you for joining in for this City Lights Church podcast. We're a new church in the north of Brisbane, and you can find out more about us at www.citylights.community. We hope that this podcast encourages you in your journey of following Jesus. So we're here Easter Sunday. We're here to celebrate a miracle. Whether or not you believe in the miracle, whether or not you're here uh, out of friendship or obligation or something that you do, but we are here to celebrate a miracle, and that miracle is the life, death, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And so we've been uh, going through this series, as Gwendy said, called Second Chances, And I love to have a lot of different conversations with different people about God, people from all kinds of backgrounds, people with all kinds of beliefs. I love to ask questions. I don't feel the need to just uh, preach at somebody, but I want to find out their story. I want to find out what they think. And one thing that I am certain of as I uh, talk to different people is people are not really sure about what it means to connect with God, and they're not really sure that if they made a mistake or if they've failed in some way and they wanted to come back to God, they're not sure how they would do that. They're not sure what God would say, what he would do. And so we've been taking a couple of uh, weeks to go through this and think about in the midst of our pain, where is God? In the midst of difficult circumstances, when we reject God, what does he do? What is he saying? What is he doing in those circumstances? And what I want to say this morning early up is that Jesus is God's second chance for humanity. Jesus is God's second chance for humanity. And I've got a a short message today. You might say, okay, well, you've said that, now back it up. But I've got a short message and the title of my message is this. Pointed finger, pointed finger, or helping hand. Turn to the person next to you and say, Pointed finger, you can point at them, or helping hand. Now, these two symbols, these two uh, gestures, I would say that in my experience and the travel that I've done, I haven't, I've done a little bit of travel, uh, lived in different countries, I would say that this is a bit of a universal symbol. If somebody is pointing your finger, if they're wagging your finger, you don't need words to explain what's going on. Who would agree with me on that? Like if someone is like pointing, you could go around the world, you could go to different cultures, different places, and if someone has got that finger in your face, you know what that means. If I was to point my finger at you, and if I was to wag it, how, how does that make you feel? Even, even though that you know, or I hope that you know, that I'm like a pretty friendly guy. But how does that make you feel? Does it, does it inspire joy within you? No, it's usually something that we associate with judgment. It's usually something that we associate with fault finding, being told off. This is what the pointed finger represents. Here's what I've found is that most often, most time, people don't need to be told where they're going wrong. I don't believe it's the most effective thing to go around uh, telling people where they're wrong, where they're messed up, where they're hurt. I don't believe that the pointed finger is the right thing to do. And I want to share what I would say is one of the Greatest modern examples, it's a tragic example, it's a confronting story. This is a real life story of judgment and the pointed finger. It was about one year ago, some of you may have heard this story. There was a guy by the name of Richard Pussy, and he was driving his Porsche uh, down the freeway going very, very fast. He was clocked at 149 kilometers and he was pulled over by two police officers. One was leading Senior Constable Lynette Taylor and the other was First Constable Glenn Humphreys. And he was pulled over for allegedly driving his Porsche at 149 kilometers per hour. They pulled him over to the emergency lane and then they called for backup. Two other officers arrived at the scene. Senior Constable Kevin King and Constable Joshua Presney. They arrived at the scene, and they were standing in the emergency lane. As they were standing in the emergency lane, Richard went out of the the lane, and he went to relieve himself. Okay, that's as much detail as I'll give you. Okay, he went to relieve himself. And as he was doing that, a uh, truck driver who has since pleaded guilty to this offence, came and ran off the road into the emergency lane and killed and knocked down all four of those police officers. Now, Richard, this is a, a very confronting story, a very sad story. Richard's actions, in the moments after the collision... He walked slowly and purposefully around the scene and began filming the dead and dying police officers. So his reaction was to take his phone out and slowly walk around, zooming in on the people. He's recorded as saying this, and I do know this is confronting. He says, that is effing justice absolutely amazing that's effing amazing he says i think everyone got cleaned up there's four people look at that look at that bang 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 they got thrown all the way over there look at that look at that oh he's smashed look at that he says all i wanted to do was get some sushi this is a tragic story But this is a story of judgment in the face of destruction. This is the story of what it means to point the finger in a place of pain. Unfortunately, this is an image of what many people think that God is like. That God goes through the destruction of humanity. And he walks slowly and purposefully through to the destruction of humanity. And he declares it in some morbid way that people have got what they deserved. This is how some people think about God. This is how they think about how God thinks about us. How he thinks about brokenness. How he thinks about people who have made mistakes. How he thinks of people who have hurt themselves and hurt others. They think that God delights in the carnage of humanity. They think that he points the finger, symbolizing a weapon, a gun, delighting in the fact that there is destruction. But here's what I want to say. The whole point of Jesus coming, coming as a man walking the earth, the whole point is to demonstrate Jesus' heart and God's heart and God's intention for people. He wants to let us know what God is like, what God thinks like, what God speaks, how God seeks to reunite us with Himself in light of the destruction. Jesus is God's second chance. And the first symbol is the pointed finger. And the second symbol is the helping hand. How do you feel? I said, How do you feel when someone points the finger? How do you feel when someone stretches out your hand? My beautiful wife says, I feel in love. No. I just—I made that up. She's just looking at me with a funny look, a smiling mask look. We feel different, right? You feel different if you've fallen over and someone stretches out their hand to you rather than if you fall over and someone says, you should have known better, you should have watched out. We feel different. There is a different emotional response. And Jesus, God's second chance, there's a story. It's a miracle in three verses. And we're going to read it together from the Bible, Matthew chapter 8, 1 to 3. I'm reading from the NIV. You can follow along in your Bible or on a device, or you can just listen to the sound of my voice. So Jesus has preached this epic sermon. It's called the Sermon on the Mount. And if you've never had a chance to read it, he kind of just shakes everything up. He kind of mixes everything up and talks about what it's like for God's kingdom. God's kingdom is not an earthly kingdom. It's a spiritual kingdom. And he says, this is what it's like. So he's preached this epic message. Then he comes down and as he came down, verse 8, sorry, chapter 8, verse 1, it says, when Jesus came down from the mountainside, large crowds followed him. A man with leprosy came and knelt before him and said, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. And Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. I am willing, he said. Be clean. And immediately he was cleansed of his leprosy. Some of you, no doubt, would know a little bit about leprosy. So leprosy is a most dreaded disease. The physical effects of leprosy are slowly destroying the nervous system. So there's a loss of fingers and toes. Sometimes the loss of those fingers and toes were that people couldn't sense temperature or would put a hand near a fire at that stage and it would get burnt. Uh, All kinds of things. There is blindness because of nerve damage to the cornea. There is also um, the nose can collapse, which is called saddle nose deformity. So this is horrible, horrible physical impacts of leprosy. One of the other impacts of leprosy was community rejection. As I was doing a little bit of research, some of the, medic, uh, some of the reports say they think that they know that leprosy is transmitted through uh, close contact. All right. Even they're not totally sure, but they think it's transmitted through close contact, and so part of this, and particularly for a Jewish person, person at this time, was the worst part of this disease was the necessary separateness that accompanied it. Okay, according to Leviticus thirteen. Uh, 45 and 46, which is the Old Testament, the law that the Jews needed to follow, a leper had to wear torn clothes, keep his hair unkempt, cover his mouth, and cry out, unclean, unclean, in order to prevent spreading his disease to others. They could not reside in the community, and they could not attend the temple or the synagogue. So they were outcasts. They had to style themselves like outcasts. They had to declare that they are an outcast. And they had to live separately to others. Now, we kind of are experiencing like just a fraction of that, having to wear masks, having not to uh, have physical contact. Some people, you're like, this is the best thing that's ever happened to me. And others like me, like I'm a hugger. And I love hugs. One of my jobs in my house that I go around and I say to my kids, all right, has everyone got all the hugs that they need? Because that's one of my jobs, one thing that I like to do. So I make sure sometimes that's seven hugs, sometimes that's eight hugs. Sometimes they're all good. So I'm a hugger. And some of you, I think at least for everybody or almost everybody, there's at least one person that they like a hug from. But think about this, being rejected, not being able to have physical contact with anyone. What does that do? What does that do to a person? Not being able to experience physical touch and physical affection. We don't know how long he was a leper for. We don't know if it was one year or two years or three years, five years, ten years but for an extended period of time he had not had any physical contact this was challenging so what did jesus do did he pull the finger out did he talk about did he give the guy a sermon Did he talk about Adam and Adam's rejection of God, which is called sin, which now means that we're in a fallen world? Did he talk about all the ways personally or individually that this person had messed up? Did he do that? He didn't do that. What did he do? Did he call it effing justice? Did he say, you are You got what you deserved. You've made your bed. Now lie in it. Did he talk about the sins of his fathers and his forefathers? He didn't do that. Do you know what the other thing that Jesus didn't do? He didn't speak. He didn't speak. What did he do? He reached out his hand and he touched him. Think about the significance of that. Think about the significance. If you want a a picture, an accurate picture of God and what God thinks about us with our brokenness, with the mistakes that we have made, how we've rejected God, He's not getting his finger out. He's not pointing. He's not saying, you know better. You should have done this. You should have done that. He's reaching out a hand and he's touching. Why is he touching? Think about this. This person who has been rejected. This person who has had no uh, physical touch or physical affection, Jesus reaches out and touches him. What does he do? He extends the helping hand. This is so significant. One of the significant things is Jesus' willingness to touch things that are unclean. i got some stuff in my past, some things that I've done, That Jesus being God, Jesus being holy, he could have said, look, you fix that up, then you come to me. But Jesus says, I want to touch you. I want to meet you where you're at. He doesn't say, okay, just give me a second. Let me get some sanitizer. Let me get some gloves. He doesn't say that, but he touches him. He meets him where he is at. So he touches his uncleanness, but he also gives him that acceptance that he has been missing. That acceptance, that belonging. He's been rejected from the community. He's been rejected from worship and he touches him and he gives that acceptance. This is the message of Easter. If you want to see a picture. It's God reaching out a helping hand to humanity. God being prepared to invite and accept people back into relationship with him. God being prepared to engage with the parts of us that are unfinished, the parts of us that are unclean and say, hey, you're in. You're in because I say that you're in. In this story, the pointed finger is nowhere to be seen. But instead, we see the helping hand outstretched to humanity. And the cross represents the helping hand that is willing to embrace death. That's what the cross represents, this helping hand that's willing to embrace death. And the resurrection represents the power to bring new life and new relationships. I'm going to finish this message in probably about two or three minutes. But in that time, I want to give you an opportunity to think personally about what that means to you. Second chances. If you wanted to reconnect with God, if you wanted to Experience relationship with God. How would you do it? What would God say? How would he respond? The answers are in this story. The answers are in the testimony of Jesus, the story of Jesus, the miracle of Jesus. Jesus says these words. The leper says, Lord, if you are willing. Sometimes... It's a good question. Sometimes we're not sure if God is willing like we kind of sometimes know he's willing for somebody, maybe he's willing for me because I've got a microphone and I'm a pastor or maybe he's willing, you know, for Gwendy because she's a, you know, a great person, but what about you? Is God willing? And the answer is yes. God's saying I'm willing. And in some respects, God is reaching out his hand to us and he's waiting on our response. Will you embrace the hand of Jesus? It's like we've fallen over. We're in pain. We need a helping hand. I remember uh, last year during uh, the covid lockdown i was doing a whole lot more sitting than i usually do and i got an inflamed disc in my back and there were a couple of times where i couldn't get up from a chair by myself i needed some help and uh, i was able to call rebecca and she was able to help me sometimes and for all of us in some way we need helping hand, the hand of Jesus. We're stuck. We're stuck in our own problems. We're stuck in our own mess. And Jesus holds out his hand. He says, I am willing. I want to reconnect you to me. Let's pray together. Jesus, we thank you for who you are. We thank you that you are God revealed to us. We thank you that you didn't come to point the finger of judgment, but you came to offer a helping hand, that you are willing. And Lord, I pray for any person here who knows within themselves There's some things that they can't fix by themselves. Maybe there's some circumstances. Maybe there's uh, some things that they've done or said that they're living with the fallout from. Lord, you are willing to restore them. You are willing to forgive them. Lord, even those that have known you at some stage and feel a little disconnected, you love them. Your hands are outstretched towards them. Your heart is for them. And so, God, we thank you for that. Lord, for those people, all they need to do is just say, Yes, God, I'm in. You don't need a detailed plan. You just need a direction. You just need to say, Hey, I was going this way. Now I'm heading towards Jesus. And so, God, we thank you for that. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Awesome. Well, thank you all for being here with us on this Easter Sunday. Uh, If you'd like prayer for anything, uh, there's going to be some people up the front, but uh, we've got some uh, hot cross buns and some tea that are going to come around for you. So hang around for a couple of minutes and then uh, head off to the rest of your day. God bless.